Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. Welcome everybody to the first episode of Star Wars Bookworms, podcast where we review and discuss all new Star Wars books and comics from Del Rey and Dark Horse. We're mostly going to focus on Del Rey and Dark Horse, but if anything else pops up that's worth any interest, we will definitely cover it. I'm your host, Teresa Delgado, and I am here with my co-host, Aaron Goins. Hey, Teresa. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Glad to talk to you. Yep, definitely always fun to talk about Star Wars books. Not enough of it. So, on the show this week, we have not someone that we're going to call a guest. We're going to call him a friend of Star Wars bookworms, Josh Stolt, otherwise known as Jedi Schwa to a lot of people. Josh, how are you? I'm good. I, I like being called a friend. That works for me. Well, you You've are been promoted from guest to friend, and it's only the first episode. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> we'll definitely try to have like a third person on the show whenever we can. So, if any of you listeners out there are interested in being that guest, let us know. You can send us an email at uh, starwarsbookworms at gmail dot com. Definitely, we'd love to have people on that have different perspectives and that have read lots of different things across the Star Wars expanded universe. Um, so who are we? I mean, we should probably introduce who we actually are because then people might actually want to listen to us. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, well, I'm Teresa Delgado. I'm staff on the Star Wars Report as well as staff at Jedi News UK. And I'm also the founder of a website called Fangirl Next Door, which focuses a lot on Star Wars, but mostly on fandom and, uh, and it's kind of one of those sites to help people be proud of what they're a fan of and to help, you know, show that kind of stuff. Um, I do a lot of guest spots on podcasts quite a bit. And recently I was on Rebel Force Radio's Clone Wars show, Declassified. And we talked clones, discussing a lot of the new Clone Wars episodes. Um, my areas of interest for Star Wars would be the theory, religion, philosophy of it, and then character development, as well as gender roles and all those new fun things that are coming out regarding girls in the Star Wars universe. So, cool. Aaron, what well, about you? Well, I'm Aaron Goins, and I'm also a staff writer over at StarWarsReport.com. Mostly I do book reviews over there, but I do some other stuff too. Um, I also write uh, movie reviews for a website called TheOrange.co, so if anybody wants to check that website out, it's pretty cool. It's just kind of like a geek blog that gathers cool information off the uh, the internet, and you know we do movie reviews and things like that as well. As far as podcasting, I'm pretty much a rookie. I've been a guest on podcasts, but I've never actually hosted one, so this is my first hosting. Um, but I have been a guest on podcasts like Star Wars Report or Star Wars Beyond the Films, and um, We Talk Clones. So, Oh, that's so that, right. You have been me. on We Talk Clones. Yeah, I have been on their show, um, and I, I think they have me scheduled to be on their season finale as well. So Lucky. Oh, and I did have a short, very short guest stint on the official Star Wars blog. Um, I wrote about six posts for them, so... Which hopefully, is, hopefully they'll let me do it again, but um, as of now, um, I haven't been writing for them lately, but hopefully they'll let me do it again someday. Well, that's super notable. You're the only one of us that has any clout within the official Star Wars universe, so <laughs> yay for you. <laughs> All right, Josh, tell us who you are, where you come from, what you believe in. Who am in. I? Well, um, I, you know, I'm just this guy, you know, just Josh. Just, I'm just Josh. Just Josh. Um, but, you know, I've, I've been a huge Star Wars fan, you know, since before either of you two were born. And, um, <laughs> but, you know, in the last eight years, uh, I've, I've really uh, started to become a part of the Star Wars communities by, by just kind of reaching out to, 
to people that I see online through forums and um, uh, really through a lot of podcasts that I was listening to, through a lot of communities from that. And it's really just changed my life a lot because I've met so many people through that and they're just incredible people with diverse backgrounds from all over the world. And, um, so it's just, it's just fantastic. And, you know, they actually really enjoy the, uh, stuff that I like to talk about. Whereas, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of people around here that, uh, that got into it. Everybody, uh, appreciates or tolerates my, my, uh, hobby, but, um, no one really to talk to. So, and also I'm a, I'm a, a teacher. I teach fifth grade kids and, um, an aspiring artist and an illustrator. I like to draw and I've, I've drawn for, um, Oh, I've drawn for several different, um, website pages that they asked me to do. And, uh, for my friends and I'm a professional caricature artist and I've, uh, just illustrated my first children's book and hoping to do more pretty soon. So that's awesome. Cool. And Josh, you're actually probably to thank or maybe to blame for my for my entry into to the more expanded fandom because I met you down at Star Wars Celebration Five. That's right. And, uh, I was all by myself down there and didn't really know anyone, and you kind of took me under your wing and introduced me to a ton of people, and and now I have a ton of friends, you know, at the conventions and online because of you. So I have you to thank for that. Oh well, I, I I appreciate that. I'm I'm honored. That's I I just love reaching out to to people and getting to know them. And and like I said, I mean, you two were were some of them that I've met in different places, and it's it's just great. I have so many more friends now than than I ever have my whole life. So it's wonderful. That's how I feel too. I mean, that's kind of what happened with me. I mean, both of you got me at a Star Wars fan days. So, yep. and that's how we all became friends. Well, Teresa, do we want to talk a little bit about kind of what our podcast is going to be? Definitely. So what this show is actually going to be about, um, we're going to review every new book that's released from Del Rey, including novels and reference guides. So if you are a follower of things like, for instance, the Star Wars Atlas or the, um, what's the one that came out that was all about the ships and all that kind of stuff. Um, Like the Essential Guide to Warfare or the Essential Chronology, like those type of books, right? Right. Um, We're going to be discussing all that stuff. So we're not just going to be focusing on fictional novels. We'll look at the, I guess, fictional reference guides, um, if you want (laughs) to call them that. Um, We're also going to be reviewing collected trades from Dark Horse. So we know a lot of people kind of review the one-off issues of comics. We're not going to do that here. We're going to wait until they are um, collected works so that we can discuss multiple issues as a whole and kind of try to discuss a whole storyline. So you probably won't get, if you want to hear a review, for instance, of like Star Wars issue number one, um, the newest one that just came out, we'll be waiting on that until we get, you know, several issues in. So we're also going to be having author interviews. We actually have some very exciting ones lined up for probably about the next four months or so. So you can tune in for those author interviews um, and other prominent people in the Star Wars universe. We're going to try and focus that stuff on people who have actually written things for Star Wars. But we have some surprises in store in there. Um, Not to give anything away just yet. Um, We will... Like I said, not be reviewing individual comic issues. We're not going to cover magazines or magazine articles or short stories or children's books. Now, we will cover a children's book if it is, or even the magazine article or short story, if it is significant enough that we feel it needs reviewing. Right. Um, Like, for example, maybe something like uh, the Wrath of Darth Maul book that came out. That was kind of a children's story, but it was significant enough that a book like that, even though it's not a Del Rey release we probably would still review. Right. Um, Now, if there is something that you would like us to review, you can always shoot us an email and let us know why you think um, we should review it, and we'll definitely look into it. Um, When we review something, we are going to discuss it in detail, so there are going to be spoilers, so keep that in mind. Um, We will definitely say something about, you know, this is going to be spoiler alert, um, just to let you know. So if you don't want to listen to that part of the show... Uh, Make sure to tune out or turn your volume down. And then we will try and time our reviews so that 
we, you have at least a month worth of time to have read the book or comic before we discuss it. So we're going to try to do that as much as possible. All right. So what are we going to be covering on this show? Um, well, I guess first we should probably talk about what things we really like about the EU. Um, maybe characters that you guys really like that have come out just so that our listeners kind of know where we sort of stand when it comes to the EU. Okay. Whoever wants well, to go first. I can say, I'll just uh, briefly just say, um, when it comes to Expanded Universe or Star Wars in general, typically I, I like things that um, have to do with the Jedi, the Sith, the Force. Um, those are the type of things I gravitate towards. Um, characters that are not, not involved in those things aren't quite as interesting to me, although there are some exceptions. Um, so, for example, I would be more interested in something like a novel about a Jedi, like a Shatterpoint or something like that, as opposed to maybe a novel um, in the X-Wing series. So so that's kind of my interest. Um, I definitely gravitate towards lightsabers and, you know, the Force more, more than X-Wings and smugglers. <laughs> so... And, Aaron, I'm a lot like you. I tend to really like the books. I actually really love the reference guides and those kind of things. I like a lot of the books that talk about history um, and are sort of delving deeper into the ideas of the Force and of the religion and philosophy. Um, For instance, The Jedi Path is probably one of the favorite books of mine that I've read. Um, I'm also a bigger fan of the Old Republic era. Uh, I like all of the stuff kind of prior to Phantom Menace just because I'm a big history buff, so all of that stuff is really interesting to me. Um, I haven't gotten as into things that fall like after Return of the Jedi. So, you know, that's kind of an interesting dynamic there. Well, that's pretty. That's probably good, though, because if you haven't really gotten too much into the stuff after Return of the Jedi, that's probably more of the stuff that I am into. So we should be able to balance each other out a little bit. Josh, um, you know, I I will uh, read, experience, listen to just about anything that has the word "star" and "wars" next to it. Um, but I think, uh, as far as the EU goes, um, I I do the books. Um, I listen to the books and just about anyone that that will come out, especially in the last uh, few years. Um, but just because of time and and uh, you know, taking care of kids and having two jobs and other things that I'm working on, I, I tend to uh, listen to the audio books uh, more than reading the books. Um, so if it's, if it's on audio book, I will listen to them and not all of them are at least not yet. Um, and uh, you know, my interests actually, I, I like the stuff that is, is based on the original trilogy a, a little bit more than some of the other things that I've read. Um, and I actually, uh, Different than you guys, I actually do like the stuff that doesn't involve the Jedi, the the, the smugglers and that, that kind of thing. So um, I like the Jedi stuff too, um, especially if it if it involves Luke. But um, sometimes I like to get away from the the mysticism part of it and just uh, uh, I, I think it puts me kind of in the universe a little bit more because I think I'm probably more likely to not be a Jedi in that. <laughs> so um, yeah, so that's that's the kind of stuff I like. Cool. Um, One thing I'd like to hit on really quick is, as we all know, uh, we have some new movies coming out, and there's been a lot of speculation about what these movies are going to be about and their storyline, and a lot of people are wanting them to be about certain books that have come out and those kind of things. I'm going to ask you two what you guys are looking forward to in these movies, because I can honestly say for me that I have not given it any kind of thought, purely because... I don't want to speculate, but I'm going to let you guys go for it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so you don't want to do it, but you're making us do it. I see how it is. <laughs> well, for me, I'm very excited about the movies coming out. Um, I never, I knew that they would make more Star Wars someday. I mean, there's just too much money to be made in that franchise to not make more movies. I didn't think it would happen this fast. So when they made that announcement that there was going to be a new movie in 2015, that kind of blew me away. I wasn't expecting it nearly that fast. But I'm extremely excited for it. Now, as a fan of the Star Wars Expanded Universe, obviously there's always 
you know, that curiosity, well, what's going to, what is that going to mean for all of these stories that, that I've been reading for the past however many years? I think that most likely it's going to mean that all the stories that we know that happened after Return of the Jedi are probably not going to necessarily be kind of the main canon anymore. And that's kind of sad to me because those are the stories that I've really come to love and the, the way the characters have progressed with, you know, Luke and Mara Jade and, and uh, Han and Leia getting married and having the kids and, th- and things like that, you know, those are things I'm used to. So if they change those details in the movies, you know, as much as I'm going to love the fact they're making more Star Wars, there will be a part of me that's a little sad to kind of see those things change. But, um, but it's worth it, you know, to get more Star Wars on the, on the movie screen. So I'm not going to be one of those, you know, crazy expanded universe fans that, you know, thinks that they need to, you know, adapt the Thrawn trilogy or something like that. You know, we all know that's not going to happen. So, um, but I'm, I'm super excited for the movies. Um, what do you think, Josh? Um, yeah, I can't, I can't wait. I mean, it's going to be fantastic, mostly just to be able to um, take my kids to see it in the movie theater, you know, and have that experience of the opening day and, and the, the kind of stuff that my daughter will be in sixth grade when that movie comes out, if it comes out on time, which is how old I was when Return of the Jedi came out. And I remember that my mom let me skip school that day, which was, you know, that was pretty controversial back then. You know, we didn't, we didn't say anything, but my mom, she didn't even bat an eye. So I, I'm looking forward to being able to take them to see that and have the similar experience. Um, as far as the stories go, I, you know, I'm, I'm all over the place with them. I, I'm, I totally understand what, uh, you and some other people have said about the expanded universe, and I hope that they don't throw it completely away. I mean, I hope that they um, they use some of the concepts, kind of like they've done in the Clone Wars. You know, I mean, they've used some of the ideas in that, um, and I hope that that it doesn't just make the entire expanded universe um, irrelevant. Um, which I, I don't think it will. Um, I would love to see them get a story sort of fitted in there somewhere that works with the expanded universe. And, you know, as, as much as I love the original trilogy characters, it kind of scares me to think that, uh, the original cast might be back. Um, I don't think they'll make a bad movie and I don't think JJ Abrams will make a bad movie, but just the age that they all are being the, the hero type in the movies, the type of movies that we want to see, you know, it worries me a little bit, but, I trust them and whatever it's going to be, I I know I'll enjoy it. So, and, um, you know, I've, I've always kind of been of the mind that as far as the expanded universe goes, it, it can live with other stories, other TV shows and movies that will, uh, even if it contradicts, I I think it's still fun and it's still entertaining. So, um, I'm, I'm pretty easy to please. It sounds like, (laughs) yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you, Josh, like as far as what you were saying about them kind of taking some elements from the expanded universe and putting them in the movies. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see some things like that. I mean, obviously George Lucas was, you know, in control of the clone wars and he, he took many elements from the expanded universe, probably more than people even realize because people that really aren't into the expanded universe probably didn't catch as many things. But if you're, if you're a fan of the expanded universe, there was all kinds of references to planets and and just locations and characters and organizations that are straight out of the expanded universe. So they have this treasure trove of these stories that are out there, and it would almost be foolish for them to not at least take some of these you know concepts and and at least names. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, they've spent so much time creating this and even though it wasn't George doing it you know it was his ideas and they have it and like you said I mean it's just rich with so many fantastic environments and characters and things and and um, you know but on top of all that it, it would make a really large portion of the the fan community happy if they did that you know because they are so connected to it right well I'm sure we could chat about that forever so but let's get into it um the first thing we're going to talk about is the dawn of the jedi force storm volume one this is a collection of five issues of comics of dawn of the jedi 
And there is actually an issue zero, which would make six issues. So um, I don't know if you guys read issue zero, but we can talk about that as well. But let me give an intro. All right, Dawn of the Jedi Force Storm Volume 1 collects the first five issues of the Dawn of the Jedi comic series. Its original release date uh, was, or the release date for for Volume 1 was December 12th of 2012. The writer for this series is John Ostrander. And the penciler is John or Jan Durisma. I think I said that right. Um, the timeline for Dawn of the Jedi happens about thirty-six thousand four hundred and fifty-three BBY. So before the Battle of Yavin, um, around that time frame. The synopsis for the comic series. Here begins the tale of the Dawn of the Jedi, the Star Wars of 25,000 years ago, before lightsabers, before hyperspace travel, before the Jedi spread throughout the galaxy when connections to the Force were new. On the planet Tython, a group of beings, scientists, philosophers, and warriors strive to maintain peace and to balance the mystifying power known as the Force. But a stranger is coming, one who will disrupt the balance with his arrival and his own connection to the Force. Everything in their system is about to change. The doors to the galaxy have been opened. So, I'm... going to read that, like, way more dramatically, Teresa. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, to start with, just issue zero, in my opinion, was a great opener if you got a chance to read it just because of it was all historical based and more of a reference issue that broke down all the planets it broke down exactly what was happening the characters all of that kind of stuff and it really caught my attention um it's actually it got me excited to read issue one um yeah i I, I read Issue Zero as well, and I remember when they announced this comic series coming out, and they were going to tell kind of the beginnings of the Jedi, and I thought, wow, that's going to be really cool, but at the same time, you know, it's like, do we really want to know the beginnings of the Jedi? Like, do we need to have that mystery revealed? So, you know, what do you guys think about, you know, are they almost giving us too much information? I don't think so, but that's just me. I love the mystery of the Force. I love that mystical aspect of the story. And I love, again, the historical aspect and getting to understand where they came from. Because if I can understand where they came from, how it developed, and all of the things that they went through, I can begin to understand, for instance, what things are like when you get to the Old Republic era and as you progress into, like, you know, the prequel trilogy and then on forward. And you can see how the order has changed over the thousands of years, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I like the idea of, of you know, finding out the origins as long as um, as long as they make it different from what we've seen so far. I mean if they're gonna place it back that many thousands of years ago from from the stories that we know, then then you know, make sure that you make it quite a bit different than what we're used to. And I think they did that really, really well in this comic. Um, the, the, the focus of the Jedi philosophy is, is different than what you see in the movies. Did you guys, did either of you read the, the kind of the original Knights of the Old Republic comics? Um, I don't know, from like the 90s, I believe. No. I started to read it. I read the first several issues and... I, I had a hard time with the EU back then. I mean, there wasn't much of it, but um, anything that was way off of what I was used to, um, I, I tended to kind of not like. I'm, I've gotten much better on that. I actually do like that stuff now. But um, So I, I didn't go very far on the story of the Knights of the Middle Republic. Yeah, those were actually some of the first EU stories that I picked up. And I remember, even though the art was kind of odd compared to, like, what comics, you know, the great comics that we have nowadays, it was kind of cool, though. Like, I really liked the stories. And the one thing I liked about those comics was how different they did make the universe look. It had a very medieval type of look to it. And I guess I was kind of looking for that a little bit in these comics as well, because that's what I was used to um, in the comics that were from that, you know, early time period. And... I didn't get that that same kind of feel from these comics. So I, I guess there was 
you know, with some of the some of the outfits that the characters were wearing and things like that, almost seemed like almost like superhero like in a way. I don't know if you guys noticed that at all. Well, they're they're all very definitely uh, uh, well exercised in this. <laughs> yeah, I was specifically thinking about the one character that looked kind of like um, he kind of looks like Blade. Do you know the character I'm talking about? I can't oh, remember his name. I, I do. Um, he seems like uh, uh, one of them that's in charge. He's got his little the, the goggles on. Is that yeah, the one you're the, talking about? Yeah. And, and he's like a, he almost seems like a teacher or something. I couldn't tell if that's who he was or not, if he was like a, a teacher of some of the, the Jedi. He is. Um, he remi- reminded me of, of uh, Morpheus yes. from The Matrix. Yeah, he's got the all-black leather outfit on with the, the sunglasses type thing or goggles, I guess. And it, it just came across a little superhero to me as opposed to Jedi. But um, His name is uh, Master Quan, Quan Jang or Quan yeah. Jong. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I uh, I can see where you're coming from. I mean, there's a, there's one picture where he's almost flying. I mean, he's he's diving down to to save one of the other characters, and it does. It looks like he's flying like a superhero. But see, I didn't I didn't mind that. I didn't mind that. I like um, like I said, it's so far back that I like it being different than uh, um, your traditional Jedi robes and um, yeah, the things that we saw in the prequels. Yeah, it's definitely different than what we know from. You know the prequels or any of the movies where they're pretty much always wearing robes and and things like that, right? Yeah, I definitely thought the costuming of the characters in this was really well done, and it was different from anything we've seen. And I think you guys are hitting the nail on the head when you're talking about different and making sure that it doesn't just resemble something that we've already seen. Um, I think a lot of that credit can be given to the art and character design. Um, I think the the art as far as, like, the cell design and the cell organization was actually really well done. And I like how in a lot of the more detailed cells, they have the background of the larger picture that's behind it. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Um, but it was really, it's really cool. It's almost as if they had a design for the page, and then they put those detailed cells on top. Yeah. They do. I mean, they, I was thinking that too. They do such a great job. That team, um, you know, they're they're the ones that kind of have done the my favorite comics. They did the Legacy comics. They did a lot of the Republic comics, um, and now they're doing the Dawn of the Jedi. So the combination of the writing um, and the art from these two, um, I forget the names now. John Ostrander and yeah. Jan Duresma. Yeah, they. You know, the combination of the, the art and writing for them, too, is just, it's probably my favorite combination in all the Star Wars comics that I've read before. Yeah. So, as far as the story goes, um, how did you guys feel the story evolved? I think that it, they did a really good job. Um, there were a little bit of confusing times because I think they did make some of the names of these characters. They made them to where a lot of them seemed to kind of run together. Um, and they were, there were some of those names of characters that we get sometimes that are just a little bit off the wall that it's kind of hard to keep up with who's who. Um, that was one of the things that I noticed, but as far as the storyline itself with the stranger coming in and causing the force storm on Typhon that was full of power that was affecting their ability to communicate and their ability to use the force, I thought that was a pretty neat aspect that there's, they're bringing in somebody that's that strong with the Force that he can change the whole entire Force structure of the planet. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Yeah, I did. I really like the story. Um, I was a fan of it. I I can't wait to see what happens next. I haven't read any of these single issues that go beyond this. But, um, yeah, I really like the development of the story. And, and most of the characters, um, I thought they, they had, like, the, every different type of character that you need in a story, you know, you had kind of the the overconfident guy, and then you had the the um, the girl that had a lot of doubts, the, the Twilight girl, uh, Tasha, Tasha Rio. Was that her name, Tasha? Yeah, Tasha. Yeah. You know, and then you had, um, you know, Shay Coda, the the Dathomiri girl, who kind of was, you know, the more confident girl, and probably my favorite character in the stories. 
Um, so yeah, she yeah. had like a like a chip on her shoulder, you know, which which made her um, made her interesting, you know, because you wonder what a little bit more about what her background is. Definitely, and I thought they ha- they had a Zesh or Sesh. I'm not sure how you pronounce. I don't I think know it's how Zesh, you say it. Yeah, but um, they kind of they kind of maybe have hinted that maybe him and and her might have a little bit of a interest in each other. So I could see that maybe developing like down the road. But um, yeah, I really love the story. And one of the things I found interesting was with Tasha about how much we got about her background. We got a lot about her and not very much about anyone else. Um, and so I'm wondering how that's going to play out because of who her parents are. Um, and I find that just an interesting concept. And that at this point, it doesn't seem like there's any boundaries of the relationship attachment issues. Because I can't tell for sure, but it seems like her mother is a force-sensitive being, um, as opposed to her father, who's not. And they did marry, and they did have her. So, yeah, I thought um, her mother. I got the impression her mother was also a Jedi or Jedi or, or Jedi. <laughs> or... But and then her father seemed like some kind of a crime lord, almost right. Right. Yeah, so that definitely interesting dynamic. Her as a character I wasn't as interested in, but she does have an interesting backstory, and I think she's the type of character that maybe at the beginning she's not that likable, but they probably develop her uh, to be a more likable character. She has more room to grow, I guess you could say, than other characters do. Right, and I don't remember the name of the of the guy, um, the main red guy. Uh, Sechnos, 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 and he's a he's a Sith. Yeah, he's a he's, he's, he's a he's, Sith he's the, species. The species of Sith. Yeah, not the not the bad the dark Jedi, but the species. And that was something that I liked learning was that there is a Sith species, not just Sith lords, and that the Sith species is what originally came from Korriban, and that the Sith they took that planet and that religion and took it over and that's what we know today is the sith um yeah it's a very interesting history the sith have yeah um so as far as um Seknos's character we don't really get a whole lot about him either other than i get the feeling that he's dabbling in the dark side and that something's going to happen there because yeah. he's trying to use force lightning for things. And it's interesting to see the differences in the, the Jedi philosophy as opposed to the Jedi philosophy that we know now. Because you have the, some characters like him who are using lightning, which is pretty much frowned upon. You know, they dabbled in it a little bit in the post-Return of the Jedi stuff. But Luke kind of was like, no, we, we shouldn't be doing this. Um, but it is interesting to see kind of that they haven't really... They haven't really separated themselves from the darkness yet. And if you look at the Jedi Oath, I think it's actually in uh, issue one. They have it. Mm -hmm. But some of the things they say in the Oath, like, there is no fear, there is power. Like, that's very against Jedi, current Jedi philosophy, because they they don't crave power. And they also say, I am the mystery of darkness. So they even have the word darkness in their Jedi Oath. So it's definitely a different philosophy that they have in the past as opposed to, you know, obviously 36,000 years or 25,000 years, however many it is, um, can change a religion's philosophy. So it is interesting to see the differences. Right. I think that was that was probably one of, one of the things that made this more appealing to me as a story um, that, that made it different because they weren't, all about either being light or dark. It was all about balance, about balance of the light and the dark. So they had more of, you know, they had a little of both in them. And that's, um, but if you have too much of either side, then it's out of balance, which is what happened when, when Zesh came. Right. Um, I'm going to read something really quick. So the word G or J E meaning mystic and die meaning center signifying that the Jedi concentrate their study on balance within the mystical energy that they call the Force. Um, There's five levels. Padawan we know, 
Um, Journeyer is something new. Ranger and then Master and Temple Master. Both of those we kind of know um, already. But as you guys were talking about the code, the code in Dawn of the Jedi is there is no ignorance, there is knowledge. There is no fear, there is power. I am the heart of the Force. I am the revealing fire of light. I am the mystery of darkness in balance with chaos and harmony, immortal in the Force. So it's very different from what we currently know, which I really like. So I think they definitely have some cool places to go with this, that's for sure. They've set something up that's going to be very interesting. Yeah, definitely. And, the, and like I like how it ends where they're sending Zesh to the, the, the planet of Bogan, you know, where they send the bad people, I guess. Well, it's a moon. Yeah. It's a moon. They have two right. moons. They have, the, they have the dark and light moons. Um, and so basically if you start going more towards the dark side, they send you to, um, the other one, I'm trying to find the name of it, um, Ashla. Yeah, they send you to Ashla to go and meditate, and then if you're going more too, too light, they send you to Bogan. And then they have this guy that's already on Bogan, um, I can't remember his name now. Um, Dagan Locke. Right, and he seems very interesting. Um, you know, we don't know much about him, but, you know, at the very end of the last, or the fifth issue, which is the last issue of Volume 1, they kind of have a close-up on his face, uh, and then it just says, finally, it has begun. And so we have no idea what he means by that. Yeah. Um, so that's that's an interesting way to kind of leave it. You know, obviously, we could go get this, the individual issues and kind of figure out what's happening, but if you wait and, for Volume 2 to come out, which I think it's coming out soon then, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see the direction they take this. Yep. Is there anything else? So, so you're saying there's, there, they send their, their, uh, anybody that's too light to one moon, anybody that's too dark to the other moon. So you're, are you, uh, are you, cause I, I, I think I missed this or I didn't understand it, but that, that guy that you were talking about at the end, he's on the moon where the light people go. No, Dagan Locke is on Bogan, which is the dark moon. Um, oh, okay. he's, right. and that's where they're sending Zesh, right? Right. And Dagan Locke, oh. Dagan Locke is a prisoner there because he, so underneath the temple of science, um, is a, like the deepest chasm that, and it's so force sensitive that you can't go too far down without basically losing your mind and going too far into the darkness. Well, he tried to, and he went so dark that they've permanently banned him to Bogan. Okay, so that's who. So uh, there, there was so much going on in in this volume, and and that's you know the great thing about comics is you can go back and look at them again. But I almost thought at the beginning it went so fast through the the introduction of the of the universe and the characters that um, I was really happy when it started slowing down and, and they started getting a little bit more into the characters. So, so I, I missed some of that. That was good. Well, did you read the uh, zero issue, Josh? I, I didn't, I just saw there was a, they had a preview, a, a digital preview on the dark horse app that you can download for free. Um, but I didn't actually see the entire thing. So I definitely want to get that. The zero. Yeah, I think, I think the zero issue was when they kind of covered that, about the moons and things like that. So that's probably why you missed it. Yeah. Yeah, that that would help a lot. Um, so if y'all don't have anything else to hit on, we should probably move towards scoundrels. woo <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Let's re- just, uh, I guess, overall impressions of of uh, Dawn of the Jedi as we all liked it, right? Yeah, we can do ratings. Let's do... Uh, we can't do Womp Rats because that's We Talk Clones. Um... What can we do? Are we going to come up with this on the fly? Well, why don't we think about it? Come up with it later. For the next next (laughs) episode. But for now, we'll just say we did like it, and I think all of us can can, uh, readily recommend it to to anyone that's looking for a good comic to read. Two bookworms up. Two bookworms up. (laughs) I don't know if we'll stick with that, but okay. No, probably not. (laughs) All right. So, Scoundrels. Um, This is the newest novelization to come out, right? Um, uh, yes. Okay. It, until Tuesday. Until yes. Tuesday. Um, it is written by Timothy Zahn. Its release date was January 1st. And the timeline is zero years after the Battle of Yavin. So it's happening 
mid stuff. I'm just going to say that because I'm going to read the synopsis anyway. So maybe I should do this one less dramatic. <laughs> um, so Han Solo should be basking in his moment of glory. After all, the cocky smuggler and captain of the Millennium Falcon just played a key role in the daring raid that destroyed the Death Star and landed the first serious blow to the Empire in its war against the Rebel Alliance. But after losing the reward his heroics earned him, Han's got nothing to celebrate, especially since he's deep in debt to the ruthless crime lord Jabba the Hutt. There's a bounty on Han's head, and if he can't cough up the credits, he'll surely pay for with his hide. The only thing that he can save him is a king's ransom, or maybe a gangster's fortune. That's what a mysterious stranger is offering in exchange for Han's less-than-legal help with a riskier-than-usual caper. The payoff will be more than enough for Han to settle up with Jabba and ensure he never has to haggle with the huts again. All he has to do is infiltrate the ultra-fortified stronghold of a black sun crime syndicate under boss and, the crack, and crack the galaxy's most notoriously impregnable safe. It sounds like a job for a miracle worker or madman. So Han assembles a gallery of rogues who are a little of both, including his indispensable sidekick Chewbacca and the cunning Lando Calrissian. If anyone can dodge, deceive, and defeat heavily armed thugs, killer droids, and Imperial agents alike, and pull off the heist of the century, it's solo scoundrels. But will their crime really pay, or will it cost them the ultimate price? So, you... That was a long one. I know. (laughs) I'm trying not to mess up words. Um, But you guys are the ones that have read this all the way through. So I'm going to... I'm going to... Throw in some questions and stuff to probe some conversation, but I only made it about halfway through, and that's just because the story didn't really captivate me, um, and maybe it's just because it's not my cup of tea. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, well, I did make it all the way through the book. Um, I will say right off the bat, it's it's not my favorite book that I've read um, in a while. It's definitely not my style of book, um, but... I guess we can get into the reasons as we go through, but Josh, what did you think overall about the book? Um, well, uh, I will say that I actually did like it. Um, uh, it wasn't my absolute favorite, for sure, um, but I did like it. And I'll also say that now, um, when I say I read it, I actually listened to the audiobook of this, um, which was read by Mark Thompson. And uh, if you've heard any audiobooks, especially um, that he's done and in the last, you know, 10 years or so they they put music and and sound effects and he changes his voice for for all the characters he's really really good at it um so uh, when i've read it that's that's how i have read it so um i've listened to it one one time so far um and and i enjoyed it quite a bit cool um well are you guys fans of timothy zahn in general as an author i i definitely um I'm a fan of his. I'm not a fan of all of his books. I definitely loved his original, you know, the Thrawn trilogy. That's kind of like the expanded universe stories that if you tell someone to just read three books, those are the three books you tell them to read. Um, you know, he is pretty much the godfather of the expanded universe and kind of kickstarted, you know, everything that we have now. So, you know, we all owe him a debt for that. Um, I'm more of a fan of those books than I am of some of his more recent stuff, but I am a fan of his overall. And I was very excited for this book because of Han Solo. You know, I said before, I kind of gravitate more toward like Jedi or force using characters, but Han Solo is one of those non force using characters that I really do enjoy reading about. So I was looking forward to this one. And I think maybe I set my expectations too high and maybe that's part of the reason why I was a little bit disappointed. Um, but yeah, I am a fan of Tim's or Timothy's, <laughs> like I know him, Mr. Zahn. Mr. Zahn. Mr. Zahn. <laughs> uh, I like I like Zahn's books. Um, I, uh, I I there's a few things that that he does, and he's not the only one that does this. I suppose writing in a universe that you didn't create, you you might come across this. But some sometimes I think he um, uh, writes some of the dialogue for characters uh, very similar. Um, to each other, for example, you'll have three or four characters throughout a book that will say the same line, 
Um, but that's not a big deal to me. I really do like how he um, portrays the characters, uh, especially I, I really like when he does um, Han. I think he does a great job of doing Han. And I, I like his Lando stuff, too. So, um, you know, because I like those two, this, this book worked out pretty good. I actually would have liked to have seen more of those two together um, throughout the book. Yeah, I liked, I very much liked the characterization of Lando Calrissian in this book. I think in some of the some of the, like the post Return of the Jedi books, he he almost is kind of uh, comic relief in a way. And yeah. I, I'm never I've never been really a fan of the way he's been written recently in those books. But in this book, in Scoundrels, I thought they got as close as you can get to Lando from from the movies. And um, I can't say the same thing for Han Solo though. I really I wasn't a big fan of his characterization in this book. I felt like he was a little out of character, almost too calm and collected for kind of the, what we know of him, especially at this time period, this is supposed to happen right after a new hope. And in a new hope, he's definitely kind of that brash, um, not, I wouldn't say high headed, but he definitely isn't very cool, calm and collected. You know, he's the guy that ran headlong down the hallway into, you know, a squadron of stormtroopers. Um, probably not the best decision. and But in this book, he was kind of the brains almost, and it, it just seemed a little bit almost too smart for Han Solo. Yeah, I, I would say toward the end, he um, he did that a little bit more. I mean, he, he, he acted a little bit more of the the impulsive kind of Han Solo we saw in A New Hope. Um, I, uh, I think um, my biggest com- complaint about Han in the book was that I, I don't think he had enough to do. You know, I think he... Um, uh, he, like you said, I mean, there was a lot of character there for him to portray. So um, I think they could have utilized him a little bit more with his talents. I think maybe they had too many characters covering everything, and and they didn't uh, have as many things for him to do. Almost kind of forced him into some of the situations. But I thought that got better at the end. Yeah. Did you feel that maybe because they were trying to emulate Ocean's Eleven, obviously, and they they didn't make any secret of that. Yeah. Did you feel like maybe they forced it and, you know, they didn't necessarily need 11 characters, but they kind of were like, well, we need to make it 11, so let's kind of throw in some of these characters that aren't necessarily needed? Well, I, I'm going to have to say yes on that. I mean, I, I don't I don't want to, but, you know, that almost, knowing that it was supposed to be like Ocean's Eleven, almost um, changed the way that I viewed it. Um, and, and uh I, I think if I hadn't known that, maybe I, I wouldn't have felt that way. But I did think like maybe there was a couple too many characters there that they could have just uh, squeezed into, you know, less in the group. You know, just combined a few of them. Yeah. Um, but but not enough for it to ruin it for me. Um, and actually, you know, there were some characters, and and even like in Ocean's Eleven, you know, there's characters that they don't get into as much that that have different things to do, and and so so that's that's not a big deal to me. And I actually would like to learn a little bit more about them. I would love to see another novel based on on the twins, um, Bank and uh, Tavia. What was her name? Tavia. Yeah, yeah. And um, I I would love to see a novel with just them in it. Um, I, I thought they were really interesting. Uh, my my wife also uh, listened to the audio book and and she enjoyed it a lot. And she liked the fact that there were really strong female characters in it. And she really liked, um, well, she liked all the female characters in it. And she she this is actually her very first Star Wars novel of any kind whatsoever. <laughs> and um, and she enjoyed it a lot. So um, yeah, I I agree with you on Tavia. Um, I think we will see her again. She's a very interesting character. But So something I was going to bring up for you guys as far as these 11 characters, um, if you can, pick one that you that was a new character that we don't know about, so not Lando, not Han, not Chewie, um, but a new character that really stuck out in your mind and a couple of reasons why. And then also, did you guys see any homages we know it was going towards ocean 11 but did you see them trying to characterize any of those actual oceans 11 characters from the film as the characters in the book oh it's been a long time since i've seen Ocean's 11 that's that's hard for me to say aaron do you know well to answer your first question as far as like new characters that i found very interesting um i thought the imperial intelligence guy 
uh, Deja. Like, he was a mysterious, kind of cool character. I kind of liked his attitude. Um, and I, I definitely want to know more about him as well, so I kind of hope they, they give us a little bit more information because he was kind of sh- sh- shrouded in mystery, and they never really told us too much about him. Um, so I, he's kind of the, the original character in the book, um, that we haven't seen before that I'd like to see more him and Tavia, uh, and Bink. So I guess I gave you three instead of one, but <laughs> as far as, uh, as Tavia far as, and Bink like, have to go together, they're not nearly as interesting. Right. As far as like them emulating somebody specific from Ocean's Eleven, I guess I didn't really, I do really enjoy the Ocean's Eleven movie, at least the, the newer one with like Brad Pitt and, and George Clooney. But, um. I guess maybe like Han and Lando were supposed to be Brad Pitt and George Clooney, but other than that, I didn't really f- see too many other like character parallels. Although there probably were tons of them, I just I wasn't looking for them. I guess it makes sense. Um, I really liked Bink and Tavia from the part that I read, so I think they were really cool. Um, and to go along with what your wife was saying, Josh, about strong female female characters, um, I am always kind of looking for those in the books, um, you know, and in the cartoon and everything. But the thing that concerns me is that they're starting to put more female characters into different things. Um, but just putting a female in doesn't necessarily fix any of that gender role or gender issues for me. Um, you know, I don't want to just see more females. I don't want to just see even strong females. I want to see intriguing females. I want to see females that are pushing the envelope. I don't want to just have them there just to have them there, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely makes sense. So how did this one fit for you? I mean, I know you haven't gotten through the whole thing, but um, I think you've probably gotten far enough to meet the, the main ones that were part of the group. I what think- did you think of that? I think they were they were interesting, and I like that they brought them in as kind of almost kind of like cat burglars, you know, um, trying to sneak their way around. And they were tough and on their own, but at the same time, you could tell that they were still were kind of like testing their own waters of what they're capable of. Um, so I did like that. Um, but again, I haven't gotten far enough into it for me to really have enough of an opinion i just wanted to make sure that i stated the fact that just putting a girl character in doesn't fix everything oh absolutely yeah i i felt this one was fairly well balanced um as far as my wife was going she the uh she thought that um the character of, of rochelle was 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 another female character in there she actually felt that she almost felt like the the leader of of the group at times um so uh um, anyway, yeah, so like I said, I thought this one was, was pretty well balanced, but I, I can totally see where you're coming from. So, Josh, was there any new character for you that really stuck out? Um, well, I said, uh, uh Bink and, and Tavia, I guess, I, I don't know if they're considered entirely new characters. I guess they would. There was a, I think there was a short story about them in a Star Wars Insider before this came out. Is that right? Were they the same characters? Do you guys know about that? Yes. They were in a short story, um, but it definitely, it was tied directly into this book, so I would still consider them originals to this book because I think the book was written first, probably, and then they went and wrote that short story to kind of tie in with it. Yeah, so I think that would probably be my, uh, my top pick there because I'd like to see another story about them, so... Cool. All right. So um, we kind of went through what the story is about. You know, they're going through to basically rob this guy who robbed other people and get money and all this other stuff. Um, What was one thing that was really interesting about the story for you away from the end? Because we're going to talk about the end in a couple of minutes. But just something about the storyline for you that really you know, captivated your attention? Well, for me, I think that's kind of what was lacking in the story for me was there wasn't really much that did captivate my attention. It just, it seemed to kind of drag on for most of the book. It did get very interesting at the end um, for obvious reasons, but um, it was almost like too little too late in my mind. So there wasn't really anything that, like, they kept, you know, 
they kept going to the the mansion and scouting it out and all the different like festival thing that they were having the different elements and it, it just felt like it was repeating itself a lot and so i i kind of got bogged down in that and was just like you know come on like let's do this already let's rob the place <laughs> like i just was waiting for something to happen it, like I don't care about how like cool the dust in the air looks and the swirly whatever. It's just like just rob the place already. <laughs> so I think that was just kind of um, my problem with the book was the slow pace, and then they, it's almost like they saved everything for the last couple chapters, and then by the end I, I loved it, but it was too long of a journey to get there. Well, I'll, I'll kind of go on the other side there, just to just to give a a, a differing point of view there. Um, I, I I liked how uh, Zahn didn't lay out everything for you. You know, he kind of give you little snippets here and there throughout the story, and and uh, let the the reader piece it together. So in the end, you could see how all these things came together, and and when they did eventually get to the to the the robbery, we'll say, you know, um, it, it uh, you could kind of see how some of them came together. Uh, uh, there were there were a few things I probably would have changed, and, and a couple parts where the pace could have gone faster. But um, I, I liked that part of it because it seemed a little bit more of a, of a mystery um, type book rather than a uh, than your typical Star Wars. Yeah, and I guess though to answer your question, Teresa, because I'm trying to think of something that I liked because I don't want to sound all negative, but I did like the inclusion of the the Faline species. Um, it seems like they're popping up all over the place right now in Star Wars. So, um, they're, you know, we just saw them in the Clone Wars. They're in this novel. They're actually in the next novel that's coming up. Um, so it seems like they're, they're starting to use the, that species again. But um, I did like the inclusion of them. Um, I like the character Dozer, you know, how he was so intimidated by the Falene. Um, I, I thought that was interesting. So, you know, there were definitely elements to the book that I really did enjoy. Uh, you know, I don't want to be completely negative. But, um, yeah, so that just just to throw a couple things at you that I liked. Cool. All right, so let's let's hit it. So, um spoiler alert, we're going to talk about the ending, um the big twist at the end. Now, I know you guys were kind of thinking you we shouldn't talk about this since I haven't read it, but um we're going to talk about it anyway. Do you already know? Well, can I No, it's, but it's cool. I mean Can I say one thing before we talk about it? Okay. <laughs> can we not reveal the big Big secret because uh, even if you haven't read, oh, I don't know. I think that would spoil the whole thing. Well, but it's up to you guys. It's your show. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just the friend. But you're never coming back as a guest on this show again. John. No. <laughs> but even, uh, uh, even my wife said that that was that was the best part of the entire book. I would hate to spoil it for you, Teresa. Uh, it's all right. It's on my nook and I'm probably going to get to it eventually. But like the line of things I have on my nook that I want to read that interests me more is kind of big. So um, (laughs) So we're going to just, we're going to go ahead and reveal it. Okay. Teresa, are you okay with that? I'm fine with it. Let's let's lay it all out there. If you haven't read the book yet, you stop prob- now! Yeah. Stop now! You don't want to listen to the, the next couple minutes because it will—I won't say it will ruin the book, but it definitely will change the way you look at the book. And and you need to save the surprise ending for yourself. So don't listen to the rest of this if you haven't read the book yet. Come so, in in like five minutes. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> the big reveal is at the very end of the book. Uh, the guy that hired them to steal to go steal his money back. The guy with all the prosthetics and everything. He is actually Boba Fett. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, and they literally do not reveal that fact until the very last. I know it's on the last page. It might even be the last line. I think it's just the last page. I think there's maybe a little bit after. But then again, I was listening to it and not reading it. So, <laughs> yeah, I actually have the book here. Let me let me flip here. Yep. So how Last is he? Line. How is Last he line. Boba Fett with prosthetics? Basically, it's just Boba. It was Boba Fett the entire time, and he was revealing his, or he was hiding his true identity with all of these, you know, prosthetics that he had on. Because I guess the story was that he was injured in the in the original when they stole the money from him, mm. and so that's why he had like the 
he had that thing on his hand, and I think he had something on his face, so it was enough to cover his true identity. Um, and he was actually trying to capture Han Solo, right? Right. I think that was it. He was trying that to capture... That was cap- part of it. That was he part had, of there it. Was, there was two things he was going to do, and he thought he could do them at the same time. Yeah, and he I guess he was, he, he was out to kill the one Black Sun guy, right? Which he did uh, yeah. do. Which he did yes. do. And then that was the part of the book where he, you know, all of a sudden Eanger just like out of his prosthetic hand thing, just laser blast comes out and kills the the Black Sun guy. And you're like, wait, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) And then he goes and tries, he goes to the Millennium Falcon and thinking that that's where he's going to get Han Solo, but it was actually a fake Millennium Falcon. Yeah, so right, like, you gotta say you gotta save some stuff for her. She might get to it someday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're gonna have to edit this with like a you know a test pattern beep over this whole last thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we we you know, on this show when we talk about stuff, we are going to talk in detail, which includes oh, spoilers. I know, so I know. So, but yeah, that, and that like I said, that the very end of the book, all that stuff was great. I loved it. I just wish that it hadn't taken so long to to happen. So, Josh, what is this Indiana Jones nod? <laughs> so, uh, t- towards the end, um, when uh, there the robbery is going on, okay, it ends up. It turns out this vault is this gigantic sphere, I guess you know, and and in order to uh, to rob it, they're just going to take the whole dang thing. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure what the plan was there. They kind of lost me on that part. But uh, there was a point where uh, it starts rolling down from the from the mansion where it was. It starts rolling down the hill towards the audience, towards the crowd that's there for the fair. And uh-huh. Han uh, doesn't want anybody to get hurt, so he starts running in front of this giant ball with a whip. <laughs> <laughs> whipping away, getting people out of it. He had a whip. So, he had a whip. I didn't remember like, that. <laughs> an electro whip or something like that. So all oh, that no. was missing was the hat. He just needed the hat. So um, if you remember earlier, Aaron, he, when he was he was he was going in disguise uh, in one of the one of the suits. I guess one of the one of the guard suits or something like that. And that suit had the, had the whip on it. Uh, uh, yeah. So anyway, I just thought that was uh, that was uh, uh, it was a. Uh, uh, an eye roller for my wife, but I, I, I kind of like it. So <laughs> It's funny. So overall, guys, um, since we already did it once on the show, we're just going to do it again on this episode, then we'll come up with something better. Um, what was your overall feeling, briefly, and how many bookworms would you give it? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, I think I've kind of made it clear I've, you know, I didn't love the book. The end was great for me. the The whole book, the book as a whole, was a letdown. Um, I found it kind of boring up until the very end. So, overall, I was underwhelmed. Now, would I recommend it to somebody to read? I probably would, especially if you're a fan of Timothy Zahn. Um, if you're a fan of his writing, um, you're a fan of Han Solo, those type of things. Then, yeah, you're gonna like this book. But for me personally, it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. So that's my that's my take on it. Bookworms. I'm not doing the bookworms thing, Teresa. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm vetoing it right now. It's funny. <laughs> uh, I I recommend it uh, to people that like Han Solo books. Uh, you know, as far as more away from the Jedi kind of stuff. Um, uh, people that like Tim on books. Um, probably not his best Star Wars one, but uh, I thought it was very good, very entertaining, and different. I like the different. I like when there's a, a a Death Troopers that comes out, or a Scoundrels that comes out, or something that's just a little bit further away. Um, uh, just just for a variety. Uh, so I I did like it. I enjoyed it. I definitely am looking forward to listening to it again, and um, I'll give it uh, four out of five Death Sticks. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Death Sticks that's, is that's good. Better. That's Death a better. Death Sticks is more manly, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, we're kind of running long on time, so we should probably go ahead and try to wrap up here. Definitely. Um, so on our next show, which will be coming out in March, um, we know for sure we're going to be covering Blood Ties. Um, I guess we'll call it it's Volume 2. Um, Boba Fett is dead. So right. we will be covering that. Um, 
as well as possibly some other things. So be looking for the new episode sometime in March. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at SW Bookworms. And like we've said before a couple of times, feel free to send us an email or with suggestions, books you want us to review, or even if you're interested in being a guest on the show, it's starwarsbookworms at gmail.com. We also do have a Facebook page. You can just search for Star Wars Bookworms. Um, Josh, where can people find you? Where can they find me? Um, I like to hang out in my kitchen. Uh, I, I don't really do much. so. <laughs> um, but you know what? You can follow me on Twitter if, you, if you're interested. It's just at Jedi Schwa, um, J-E-D-I-S-H-U-A. And um, I like to say lots of junk on there, and I like to get responses back because it's fun. Very cool. Um, I guess, Aaron, we should give our personal stuff. Um, you can find me at Ice Cold Penguin on Twitter, probably the best way. And Aaron? And I'm at A.V. Goins. It's A-V-G-O-I-N-S. If you want to follow me on Twitter, mostly talk about geeky stuff. Every once in a while I might post a picture of one of my kids or something. Yeah, usually I'm talking about Star Wars or Disney um, and usually posting pictures of Disney crap. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, well, we thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Um, Always remember, please, please, please rate us on iTunes and leave a review. We need your ratings and we need your reviews for people to find us. So please make sure that you do that. Um, And chat with us over in the Facebook group which will be going live it already is now but we're going to be going live and join us on Twitter and join the conversation So, say bye bye thanks for for having me on guys yeah thanks for coming on Josh and hopefully we'll have you on uh, a lot in the future I'd love to alright and as always I guess we should close it with may the force be with you